All right, what's up, class? This is Optimus Fields at My Living Truth. We're at block height 652,779, and the current price is 11,410. And today we got a presentation by Justifer, and uh, I'll pass it over to my co host, Nick, and he'll introduce the show. Yo, what's up, class? It's Nick at Nick Camp Mine here. And before we start, we're going to have a quick word from our sponsor. Citadel 21 is a Bitcoin cultural zine and displays the best of the best written content directly by the Bitcoin taco plebs for the Bitcoin taco plebs. You can read their articles online for free or even purchase physical copies of all your favorite volumes. But you got to be quick because they only sell a limited amount and they sell out really fast. I know a lot of people are starting to uh, look at their first edition that sold out extremely quick as like a rare collectible item. Who knows? That might be worth some sats in the future. But they allow anyone and everyone to submit articles. So if you're eager to write something, I highly recommend you do it. Check out their website at citadel21.com. Link in the description. And... Let's get on with the presentation with Justifer for tonight. Justifer is going to be doing a presentation called Functional Lightning Network Concepts, and he's going to be covering the math needed to understand the ideal lightning routing. So, Justifer, take it away. Hello, friends and enemies. Okay, so uh, I put together this presentation called uh, Functional Lightning Network. So it's designed for folks that already have experience with Bitcoin and are ready to use the Lightning Network. We won't be going into the protocol details, uh, but we'll keep things very much simplified so that it's aimed at users, not developers. Um, and in the interest of simplifying, I've left out lots of details. And this, this stuff took me years to understand. So I hope in simplifying, I, I don't come across as condescending. So please forgive me if it sounds like that. And I also uh, a quick shill of my website, satbase.org, where I'll be hosting educational content and just kind of my general blog about Lightning Network and routing concepts and all sorts of things. Hopefully, it'll be a good home for resources in the future. Without further ado. So a couple of quick disclaimers. Um, like I said, this is a high-level functional overview, and it's, we're not going to be going into the technical protocol details. Um, as always, do your own research. Uh, if you really want to dive into stuff, you can read the bolts, uh, the basic, basis of Lightning Network, um, and don't trust Verify. Um, in addition, Lightning is still reckless, but it's it's getting better, and I'll touch on that a bit. And lastly. Lightning is changing super rapidly, and all of this information may change. But I tried to keep it to the stuff that I hope won't change so that we can we can continue on. So as for topics, I'll be going over you know the motivations, the uh, information about channels, routing, and then I'll finish up with hardware and software for the Lightning Network. So first up, motivations. So uh, Lightning Network was, you know what, an, 
or uh, replaceable transactions were kind of an early concepts. Even Satoshi talked about it. But uh, what, what uh, Lightning Network is hoping to achieve is lower fees for small payments. Um, so a general Lightning Network transaction is going to be on the order of sats instead of uh, like hundreds of Satoshis for an on-chain payment. And that would be a one sat per byte transaction. Uh, in addition, more transactions per second. So this can be a payment layer. So instead of seven transactions per second on chain or around there, uh, you can essentially do an unlimited amount of transactions per second. It's just limited by your hardware and uh, your internet connection. Additionally, there's some privacy benefits for Lightning Network where it is Tor routed, and you can also run your node on Tor. Um, and there's also multi-hop, which I'll go into a little bit more detail later. As far as divisibility goes, you know, when Bitcoin moons, maybe a Satoshi is going to be too much of a payment, but we might need to break it up. So Lightning Network already has millisats, or, you know, personally, I would prefer decimals of Satoshis because I just like that unit makes that the standard. And lastly, uh, rapid final settlement time. So with Lightning Network, you can have final set settlement in under a minute, as opposed to an on-chain transaction. Really, you should be waiting for six confirmations, which is could be uh, around 60 minutes or longer, because you know block times uh, blocks don't always come in 10 minutes just an average. Uh, next up, we're going to dive into channels. Uh, by the way, feel free to uh, stop me and ask questions along the way, and I'll be asking a couple of questions to you all uh, as we go through this. So I'll quickly introduce uh, our two players, uh, Alice and Bob. And uh, so I made a little pie chart on the on the side. So Alice opens a channel with Bob, and she puts forward a million satoshis, and she's paying that million sats to a wallet that both Alice and Bob control. So you can think of this like a two of two multi-sig wallet. Now, as part of this channel that's being created, Alice and Bob both sign a payout. So Alice gets uh, 1 million Satoshis if they decide to uh, you know, terminate this channel, and Bob gets zero sats. And that payout transaction happens on chain, and that can be broadcast at any time. Both Alice and Bob both have the information needed to close that channel whenever they decide to. Um, a force close is a lot more expensive, so probably want to avoid force closes whenever possible. Um, a lightning payment is just an update of the payout transaction. So here we have Alice pays Bob 250 sats, and I've updated that pie chart to show you know green for the part that Bob owns and then purple for the part that Alice owns. So, 
you know, Alice has 750,000 and Bob has 250,000 sats. And that all adds up to 1 million Satoshis. Feel free to check my math. Um, and so the local in the remote balance is channel capacity. Um, here, just a quick note, I'm ignoring the commitment, uh, which reserves some balance to pay that next block force close. Any questions so far on that? I mean, I, I kind of have a question because, like, uh, I, I I don't remember the math or whatever, but what, what is the, the fee on the commitment? Like, I've used Lightning a lot, but I, I never really looked into what the, like, the commitment fee was. Yeah, so it actually changes um, depending on the mempool. So okay. it's it's reserving as the the next block transaction fee um, that's that's just being held in reserve and that won't be part of actual routing. But I mean, for the rest of this presentation, I'm just going to ignore the commit fee uh, just because it makes things a little bit simpler. So that's why uh, you might notice like your lightning balance, it kind of like goes up and down uh, like throughout throughout the day. So yeah. That, that commitment fee is, you know, uh, growing and shrinking just as you, as the mempool heats up or cools down. Awesome. Continue. All right. So a question for you all. What is the maximum lightning payment that Bob can pay to Alice with this setup? 250K sats. That's exactly right. All right. Thanks for jumping in there. So a uh, couple of notes on this. Alice and Bob's nodes must be online to send or receive payments on the Lightning Network. And those payout updates in a channel, those cost zero fees. So there's no, there's no routing fee between these two parties. Um, and a quick warning, those offline nodes may be stolen from. Uh, and the way that happens is by publishing old channel states while the other node is offline. Um, and there's tools like watchtowers to uh, prevent that from happening. Um, so I would encourage you to you know, dive into watchtowers because I think that's outside the scope of, of this, but just in order to you know, make you not have to worry about this all the time, there's a grace period um, in which people aren't going to be able to steal from you. Um, so if you if your node is offline for a little bit and it comes back online, you can see that, oh, someone tried to cheat me, and then I can actually steal all the balance um, of the channel, which is a huge penalty. Uh, questions on channels before I move on to routing? I actually, um, I, I've, I don't know if it's, Maybe it's part of a question, but it's also a comment. So you were talking about force closes before, but if I'm not mistaken, the only you know the only way that we can actually get our lightning balance you know out of out of lightning and back on chain is you have to close those channels. Like there's no other way. Like let's say you get a payment in lightning, right? You mm -hmm. could continue to use it only on the lightning network, 
but then if you want to use it on the bitcoin network you you have no choice but to close you know close the channel so that you can get those sats is that correct yeah if you know if you want to make an on-chain payment like yeah you would you would have to close the channel but uh you can you can do a cooperative close instead of a forced close um and that can that can happen much faster um so that could happen in the next the next block um so and and you can control the fees uh forced close will lock up the funds to prevent uh people stealing using those old states stupid question about the uh, the cooperative close is that is a cooperative close just that the other node is online as well and that yeah sort of when you go to when you go to close the channel it acknowledges that it's being closed and you know the funds go back to their rightful sides mm -hmm. yeah that's exactly right okay um so yeah cooperative close i mean most most nodes are on lightning are on all the time so whenever possible avoid uh, doing a forced close always go for a cooperative if at all possible the only reason i'm going to force close a node is because the other person has been offline for super long and i'm saying you know this is this is kind of risky now i have funds that just aren't moving on the lightning network so i'm not i'm not making any routing income thank you sure okay uh with that, I'll uh, move on to routing. Okay, so we're gonna add a third player into this, Carol. So Bob has another one million Satoshi channel open with Carol. And so Alice is able to pay Carol via Bob's channel. So, uh, and, and Bob can charge a lightning routing fee for that service to forward the payment. So in this example, uh, these are both 1 million sat channels and that 250,000 sats and the 500,000 sats for Bob, that all sums up to 750,000 that he has on the Lightning Network between two channels. So a payment, Alice pays Carol 250,000 sats and a Lightning fee to Bob. And let's see what that looks like. So 250 left from Alice and went over to Carol. So you can see that 750,000. Now the the routing fee, uh, the routing fee, Alice paid that that routing fee that Bob charged, and the it that routing fee accumulated on Bob's side of that channel. So all of this sums up to now 750,000 plus that routing fee that he earned. So as you can imagine, as this continues, uh, Bob's local balance is going to start to increase, which is great. Uh, Bob's making, he's providing a service to, you know, pay Carol. All right, this part took me uh, forever to understand um, and really kind of blew my mind. Um, so we can spend some time on this. Uh, so Bob charts Alice based on optic Carol. So this, the fee rate on, uh, on the 
the channel to Carol, that's actually the cost. And Bob is forcing Alice to pay for that because, you know, she wants to pay Carol. So this first hop to Bob, that's free. But the second hop on the outbound side, on the push side, that's when that fee gets applied. All right. Questions on that? I think this is like one of the most confusing pieces because everyone's setting uh, routing fees on their channels. But when you're actually, when the payment is coming in, you're not going to be making any uh, routing fees off of that. It's only on the push side. Do you pay for each subsequent hop? Uh, Alice would. Um, actually, like, yeah, uh, let's see. So Bob only pays for this hop, but then the payment on a subsequent hop is going to be larger so that, you know, each hop along the way is paying a little bit of routing fees. But that all comes back to the initial person paying, which is Alice in this case. Okay. All right. Uh, what is the maximum that Alice can pay Carol with this scenario? Does anyone want to volunteer an answer? Are we using AMP and, and everything, or is this just just like normal channels? It's uh, It'll just be these two channels. Okay. Uh, It'd be 500K or a little less, right? Yeah, I think that's. Uh, I think here's where it gets kind of non-intuitive. Um, the actual limiting factor. Uh, uh, by the way, thanks for uh, offering an answer. So Carol's inbound liquidity is actually limiting. So she can only receive uh, a maximum of 250 before her channel like reaches a million sats. So this is. This part is uh, like okay. super confusing. So then, you know, if Alice tried to pay that 500,000 sats to Carol, the payment would fail. And uh, a bit more details on that. Alice can't see the balance of Bob's channel to Carol. So she doesn't know that this is the issue. All she can see is her her channel to Bob. And so Does she's Carol gonna... see the channel with Bob and, and the limiting issue? Uh, Carol can see it, yeah. So, uh, you know, they might be, Alice and Carol might be talking and, uh, and then Carol might be able to tell Alice, like, hey, I can actually only receive this amount of, of sats. You know, I'm going to need another channel open to me. And that's all how Carol would get that additional inbound liquidity. Justify, do you know if there's like a debug log for this somewhere? If it's trying to um, make these payments and failing and keeping record of it somewhere? Or how does this, do you know more about how this works? Um, yeah, there's, there's a couple of tools available to like help you understand what's going on. But most commonly, the error that you would see is like a temporary channel failure. 
-hmm. which which uh, is often a liquidity issue like this. Um, yeah, I've gotten a bunch of those. Yeah, and so I always recommend balance of Satoshis if people are comfortable using command line because it's going to tell you all this information and it's also going to try and like iterate, um, be like, oh, this didn't work. Maybe I should split up the payment and we could go through different channels so that Carol can get you know, what she's owed. All right. Any more questions on that? Yeah, I got one. Can you hear me? Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, you said that the in this case you, you're you're looking at a payment that's going to make two hops, and it's the last hop, the fee of the last hop that determines the payment that the person at the beginning of the first hop has to make. If yeah. the hops, if the if the uh, channel is ten hops long does it work out that the last hop is still the fee and that the route along the way um the fees would would shift but everybody would be zeroed out after the fee ended up from the beginning to the other end is that i hope i'm saying that well i'm, I'm just trying to visualize you know the fee has yeah. to jump from hop to hop to hop ultimately everybody along the way it's free and and it's paid by the first person. Everybody's balance shifts a little, but nobody loses anything along the way. Would that be accurate? Or does everybody along the way take a little piece? Because they're all helping to do the route. I think, uh, well, like by default, they're all going to be charging a little bit of routing fees. But uh, I'm if mad, you know, this this might be kind of beyond my, my expertise, but I know that Alice pays the sum of all the, the routing fees. And I think it starts with like a probe or something. It's searching. Yeah, well, this then route. that makes total sense. Exactly. And then because everybody wants a little bit of a fee. And so yeah. let's say the first, the first hop, there's no fee because it's a channel that's already been created. And then they're just up to updating their uh, HTLC. Uh, mm -hmm. But everything else, people need to go, oh, wait, I'm involved here and it's not even my money. So pay me a little money and I'll shift it over. So I could understand how the software picks a route and then checks along the route, like what are people charging or something maybe? I, I can only assume there's some automated way because it happens so fast. Yeah. Yeah, so I imagine it's like reaching the destination, then figuring out what that routing fee is going to be, and then, you know, kind of and going sending a signal back and saying, okay, we found a route, here's what it's going to be, and everything happens in split-second timing, and the software all agrees and says, okay, perfect, send it, boom. Because lightning payments happen in seconds. So all this is milliseconds of, of computers talking to each other. But, you know, if something's taken, I, do you even know how many hops does a payment take? Can it, does it take 100 hops ever? Or is it two to five? Or, you know, um, does, does, actually, are there yeah, metrics but, on something like that? Uh, yeah. The, um, let's see. Public information is kind of hard to get. Uh, for the Lightning Network. Pretty um, sure there's a hop limit of 25 set in place. Oh, there you go. See, that, oh. makes, that already puts one limit on it, basically. Yeah, but I mean, this is going to be like uh, Kevin Bacon levels, you know? Like, how yeah. many how many hops away are you to anybody else on the network? And it's oh, I get you. Right, right. Literally, like, six degrees of separation kind of thing, right? Yeah, exactly. so anywhere in the world, it, once the network's large enough, 
you're going to be able to find a, a route. That makes sense. Yeah. And it, even now, in reality, I guess the network doesn't have to be large enough. Anybody on the network is the network, and therefore, however many steps away you are from somebody, it doesn't have to be that far. You know, we're all sort right. of already connected. I get it. All right. And Thanks. and there's a there's also a preference for uh, taking you know uh, fewer hops because every oh, hop so that you the, make yeah, larger sure. fees of failure. Absolutely, failure or, and the fees as well. So that totally makes sense. Right. Okay. Cool. Thank you. Sure. Uh, another thing to know is if you've got public channels, which I think most uh, most are public, uh, those those fees um, those fees other people will be able to see on one ML, um, and there might be other Lightning explorers. And some additional details on that fee. There's a flat fee, and there's also a part, parts per million fee, which is my preferred unit. But sometimes you'll see that as millisat per sat, which frankly makes zero sense to me. Um, so I would prefer that this just disappears. Uh, sorry, let me go back. Um, let's see. And so a typical one would be a you know, one sat flat fee, and then a 100 PPM payment. Uh, so that's going to be like, that's essentially 0.01% of the actual amount that you're, that you're sending. And those fees can be changed at any time. So a few notes on this to kind of wrap up routing. Bob is getting passive Bitcoin income, and he has to maintain both inbound and outbound capacity to route. And for the the Tor routing, Bob doesn't know the ultimate origin or destination. He just sees where it's coming from and where it's going to, and the actual the size of it. Um, so he only knows the adjacent channel details. And that gives you incentives for being high uptime and having long-lasting channels. Any last questions on routing before I last two slides are pretty quick? Uh, we got a comment in the chat by uh, Stop and Decrypt, and he said, uh, when you make a Bitcoin BTC transaction, you pay the payment plus the minor fee. And then when you make the lightning payment, you know the routing fee for each hop and incorporate it. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's true. But uh, sometimes um, sometimes the fee advertised doesn't, isn't the actual fee that you pay. So it's just one, one additional piece to know. So even if you're probing a route, um, you might not, that might not be the exact fee that you pay. That's one thing that I've learned. But yeah, excellent comment. Um, hardware, uh, you can run this on a laptop, smartphones. You can do a do-it-yourself node, which uh, Raspberry Blitz and a Raspberry Bolt, uh, which is I use a Raspberry Blitz and I love it. it. I get to be a tinkerer and explore all this stuff. And you just need a Raspberry Pi three or higher. I would recommend a Raspberry Pi four. Um, and you can also do a plug and play node. So Casa, Noddle, Open Node. 
which I know BTC Sessions has done a lot of uh, tutorials on Lightning. Um, and uh, lastly, software. So there's Custodial, which is Blue Wallet. And these are just the ones that I'm familiar with or know about. Uh, custodial Solutions, there's Blue Wallet, Wallet of Satoshi, and even on Telegram, there's LNTX Bot, which is super cool, and you can just tip people right in the chat. On the non-custodial end, and no channel management, so this is going to be more user-friendly, there's Phoenix, Breeze, and Moon Wallet. Uh, for non-custodial with channel management, Eclair and Zap Wallet. And then lastly, you can manage a node from elsewhere. You don't have to be in the same place as it. Uh, you can use Zeus for that, Ride the Lightning, or Thunderhub, which is my personal favorite. And that's it. Thank you for attending my TED Talk. <laughs> Beautiful, Jessifer. Um... Uh, Kaz asked if you would be willing to put these slides up somewhere. Yeah, absolutely. I'll I'll host them on satbase.org, um, or I'll I'll just I'm willing to drop them in the chat also. Uh, hey, uh, Jessica, sorry. Uh, can on that last slide, um, yeah. those wallets at the bottom, Zeus, Ride the Lightning, and the other one. Um, how do they relate to custodial, non-custodial, the categories above? It's almost as if the, your list was getting better and better, as if each layer added on to the one above it, but not necessarily. Can ah, you, yes. Like, you know what I mean these, by that? Yeah, these these are uh, non-custodial, um, and they involve channel management. So this is like nuts, diving into the nuts and bolts. So it's a more um, com complicated or also more versatile? Would that be a better it's, word? It, it does more? Yeah, exactly. OK, so like a blue wallet, custodial, super user friendly, but you're not, you know, it's it, they're holding it for you. It's not, right. So you so you are moving up in terms of security, but also complexity as you move down that list you got there. Totally. Yeah, it goes easiest to most complicated. Right, but also better if you want the features that that gives you. And for, you know, the, the more you get into this, the more power user you become, the more you're going to want the stuff on the bottom. Exactly. Okay, and, thank you. Uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to this getting built out because I just, I love diving into the details and managing every piece of my node. Okay. Thank you all so much. Beautiful, dude. Um, does anyone have a, a, some questions on Lightning before uh, I close this one out? And then and then we can continue on. I have a quick question. Can you go into a little bit more detail about the divisibility when it, when it um, the divisibility of sats going into msats? Uh, sure. Like, can um, you can you explain like how that's possible, or like what happens when you do do that? Yeah, so um, y you're able to like 
charge a fraction of a Satoshi for, for routing. But when you go to actually close that channel, it's, it's going to round uh, that, that fraction of a Satoshi. So you can, you can accumulate millisats on the, on the Lightning Network. But as soon as you close that channel, um, you're going to lose that fraction um, of a Satoshi. Ah, so, okay. Yeah, so that's how it that's how it interfaces with the, you know, with on-chain Bitcoin. Okay, thank you. Yeah. As uh, Stop and Trip said, it's basically an agreement between the channel parties to round up or down upon closure. One Tony. more question here. Yes. Um, I don't know if you know, but um, I know that the law is different in every country. But in theory, is it possible that money transmitters license uh, may apply to people who run the node? Ooh, that's, that's a huge, huge question. Um, and uh, let's see, it's not quite clear in, in US law. Um, and one of the things that uh, Wyoming uh, has has advertised is just clarity around that. You know, saying that people that are running nodes essentially, and we with Lightning capabilities, aren't aren't going to be money transmitters. Um, but even there, they're still like oh, consult with your lawyer. Um, so that, but they uh, that's what they were really trying to get that clarity around money transmitter because that i mean what a regulatory headache um for just someone running software on their own computer i thought they said that running a lightning node i and i forget who it was exactly but from what i remember someone was saying that running a lightning node won't be considered um a money transmitter but uh i i don't remember exactly who that who was saying that Yeah, I, I don't. I don't know, but I'm just running software. Um. <laughs> Beautiful. Well, uh, do we have a, another question? If uh, if not, we'll uh, shut this episode down and and we'll jump into teachers' lounge. Any more questions? Doesn't look like it. Wrap it up, Nick. Well, thank you, Jessifer, for coming out and presenting this. I learned some stuff. I'm sure everyone else did. Uh, we had some people tweeting, uh, quote tweeting this tweet, saying that um, how good your presentation was. So, yeah, thank you a lot for coming out and presenting this. Thanks for having me. And shout out to everyone who came out and uh, supported us and was here for the show tonight we had about 20 people here which is fucking dope to see every single week more and more people come in, uh come out and as me and optimists always say you guys really make the show what it is yeah and and stick around and, and we'll talk about the the next segment all right well guys uh i'm gonna end this one thank you justifer um you know you're you're a bitcoin kindergarten og so uh thanks for helping out and uh we appreciate the presentation. All right, guys, we're out here. <laughs>